The Munster Football Show is brought to you by the Munster Booster Clubs, Romer's Restaurant, and the Munster Chamber of Commerce. Romer's Restaurant located at 217 East Division Street on Highway 82 right there in Munster. You can give them a call at 940-759-2973. You can find them on Facebook. Just type in Romer's Restaurant. We are once again happy to be able to advertise the Munster Chamber of Commerce Oktoberfest. I think this is the fourth year that I've done this, third year maybe. Um, but this year it's on October 6th, 7th, 8th. Uh, it's always a fun weekend. Uh, Grant Goodwin and I have been there a couple times. Uh, I, I, my favorite, I'm a big animal guy, so why? But my favorite's the Wiener Dog Race. But the food is absolutely amazing. And, and be listening to this show, the Munster Football Show, but also Sideline to Sideline, as we're going to be promoting the uh, Oktoberfest all the way up until October. And we'll have more uh, details on the schedule and all uh, as we get closer uh, to it. But again, thank you to Munster Chamber of Commerce for sponsoring not only the Munster Football Show, but also sideline to sideline. A tough start for a young squad. Hello, everybody. Terry Bennett here on the Munster Football Show. Right here on S2S Sports on the L4 Media Company, brought to you by the Munster Booster Club, Romer's Restaurant, and the Munster Chamber of Commerce. As the Hornets fall in a tough one, 34-19 to to a Bells team that, of course, we all know how great Bells is. And we also know how young the Hornets are. And as Coach Carnio lets you know, we'll also know uh, how, how injured this team is. Injuries have just been such an issue the last couple of years for the Hornets, and it started out that way. Uh, this season as well. It's at least right now, though, most of them, the players will be back and, and that's the important thing. And you're going to get even younger guys some more time. Uh, but uh, it's going to be an interesting year. I think it's going to be a fun year. Uh, I enjoy uh, watching a, a team, especially, especially a team as good as Munster and a program as good as Munster. I enjoy when they have that year of the young guys, because you get to kind of see the reloading take place. And that's some of the, the the learning experiences, the bumps along the way. I enjoy that part. It's fun to see. It's fun to see a program established. Don't get me wrong, uh, especially if you're a fan of it. Uh, but it's also fun to see when that established program has to kind of reload, rebuild at the same time. And that's what we're going to see with the Munster this year. It doesn't mean uh, that they're not going to make the playoffs or they're not going to be a region threat. You know, Coach will talk about it in the show, but he brings up that 2020 team that started like one and three and it ended up ten and four. So just because you're rebuilding doesn't mean you can't reload as well. And that's something we always talk about on sideline to sideline uh, is, is the reload versus the rebuild. Speaking of sideline to sideline, uh, this year, if you do not know, for the first time, we are now talking to a. So each and every week you can hear Grant Goodwin and I uh, of sideline to sideline talk to a footballs. We'll have a two a weekly show. The first one is up at www.s2sgrantandterry.com. Uh, you can also find us on all podcast platforms. Just type in sideline to sideline and follow. You can also find us on YouTube. It's a video show as well at L4 Media Company. Just type that in Look on the YouTube and please like and subscribe. All right. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk to the head coach of Munster, Coach Brady Carney, about the Lost Bells, about Paradise, who's a very interesting team, and just what is it like to be coaching a new, or not say new, a young team for the first time in a couple of years right here on the Munster Hornet football show on S2S Sports, part of L4 Media. 
Terry Bennett back here on the Monster Football Show. Now joined by the head coach of the Hornets, Coach Brady Carney. And Coach, uh, first week of the season last week, you play a tough team in Bells. 34-19 to 19 you lose. Give me your thoughts on that game. Well, I think it's a game of missed opportunities with a, with a young and, and uh, inexperienced team. Uh, when I say that, I'm just talking inexperienced on Friday nights. You know, we've got – We've got seniors starting that have never really uh, played a ton on Friday nights. We've got three kids that have played meaningful minutes. And so, you know, when you take eight kids and throw them on the field against a team like Bills, who's well coached by Coach West, and, and do what they do with their slot tee, it's tough. Um, but, man, I was I was super proud of our effort and our fight and our physicality. I thought we thought we did really well. We just missed some opportunities. Um, you know, we couldn't get it in from the one-yard line early. Uh, we had a 40, 45-yard screen pass for a touchdown that got called back. Um, we just missed some opportunities to make the game even closer and maybe even have a chance to win. Uh, but you're going to get that early in the season with the, with the young team, and, and hopefully we can build from, from some of the positives and, and get better this week. Well, let, let's talk about the, the youth of this team. And, and, you know, your program the last few years, it seems like y'all consistently, you know, reloaded instead of rebuilding. And I still think you're going to reload this year, but it is a little bit more of a rebuild. As a coach, how is it different with a team like this compared to your state championship teams, your, your teams that have had, you know, 14 starters coming back? What's it like only having two or three getting meaningful, you know, snaps before the season? Well, I, you know, I think uh... – from a coaching standpoint, you just you got to be more patient with them. You got to you got to be able to coach them and help them understand. And and there's going to be moments where they uh, where they have you know those those laps in in uh, memory and what they're supposed to be doing. And and you've got to as a coach, you got to see that. You got to try to get it across to them in the best way you can. And and as a coach, you know I feel like you've got to be able to uh, adapt and and figure out each kid's strengths, what they can do and, and how they learn and, and and what they can do well and how you teach them, you know, and, and that's part of being a young team too. We're still trying to figure out some of these guys and, and where they exactly fit and what's best for us. But, you know, that's that's some of the some of the funnest teams you can coach are those young teams that you see get better each week. And, and I feel like we've done that so far from the Jacksboro scrimmage to the Bowie and from Bowie to Bells. I thought – I thought we've improved each week, and, and we just got to continue to do that. But, you know, as a coach, I think patience is key with a young team and an inexperienced team. And and uh, a kid that, that may not perform the way you want them to in the first week, uh, you're hoping by the time you get the district the fifth game of the season that they're doing what you ask them to do and, and understanding what you want them to do. Uh, so I think that's the key to anything is just seeing progress each week and and when you when you sit down on Saturday morning and watch the film or Friday night, you know you see a kid that didn't do what you asked him to do against Bells that he's doing it against Paradise, and you realize at that point he's going to understand what you want and he's getting better. And and each and every week, uh, hopefully, he does that and just continues to improve. Well, and I've always been told every coach talks about that that adjustment they call it the leap from week one to week two is usually one of the bigger leaps and when you see that as a coach and you kind of said it, you start to see what they might do that's got to feel good I mean just going past being successful as a football coach but just being a mentor and seeing your teaching working on a kid and as he's starting to figure it out sure yeah and, and I mentioned to you earlier I think it was our 2020 or 21 team that I think we started the season one and two or one and three um but man, they bought in and, and kept working. They end up being a ten and fourteen. Uh, Winthorpe won the state championship that year, and we played them. 
played them within two touchdowns two times that year. They beat us in the quarterfinals, and and that was a really fun year for us. Did we win a state championship? No, but but man, our kids continue to fight and and learn and understand and and enjoy the process and and enjoy playing football, and they got better each week. And as a coach, you know that's one of those years I'll always remember. And and I'm hoping that's what we've got this year is a group of guys that they want to continue to improve, become the best uh, football players and men, like you said, along the way. And I think if we can do that, you know, we're going to be a tough out for some teams later in the year. We just got to continue to get better. Well, one of the things that's that's hard for you is this schedule and this not only your district but your non-district schedule. And, you know, last year it was for different reasons, injuries. This year it's for the the inexperience as you talk about of your team. Talk about this dish, this uh, schedule and how it can help you and how it can also hurt you. Well, we're also dealing with injuries already mm-hmm. this year, you know, and it's one of those things we've already got kids uh that that aren't playing that would be starters for us. You know, and that's another thing is, you know, we're playing with kids that, that in, in July 31st, we didn't really anticipate them being the, uh, you know, the starting kid in this position. I'll use Landon Hawker, for example. Landon's a junior, and, and he's always played tackle for us, and right now he's our starting tight end, and he's one of our defensive ends, and he, he played outstanding last week. You know, and, and, and July 31st, we weren't for sure what Landon was going to do or where he would contribute. But, man, last week he was one of our better players, and his effort was outstanding. But, you know, we're missing Caden Clement. We're missing Cason Carney. We're missing uh, Garrett Hess with a broken collarbone. We're missing Tanner Dobbs, who's a starting defensive tackle. Um, you know, we've got four big injuries we're dealing with right now, and, and we got kids stepping up, and, and we're not missing a beat, really. You know, and that's always fun to watch, too, is those kids, you don't know how they're going to contribute, but they do end up contributing. Uh, so we are dealing with that. But, you know, back to our schedule, um, man, we just uh, – it, it's tough. It's tough for us to schedule. Uh, a lot of teams, uh, they may not want to play, and then there's some teams that do. Usually the ones that do want to play are the Bells and the Pottsboroughs and the Paradise and, <laughs> and a really good – uh, Winthorpe's team year after year, which is good for us if we'll take it, if we'll take it as an opportunity to get better each week. Um, and and our kids don't shy away from the competition. Uh, Bells is Bells is going to be there in the third and fourth round, competing with the Holidays and Gunners and Jacksboros. Um, Pottsboro is loaded. And they got a great running back. Paradise is is extremely fast and athletic and I, I fully anticipate paradise, you know, uh, being there playing Brock for a district championship. Uh, and Winthorst is, is always going to be a top notch two eighteen. but no, it's tough. And, and our kids know that they don't, but like I said earlier, there's no back down from, there's no quit. You know, they're going to get after them each and every week. And I fully anticipate the same thing tomorrow night against paradise. Well, let's talk about Paradise. They're a team that a couple of years ago did things different offensively, but Austin Iglesias, who two years ago was a running back, last year kind of burst onto the scene as a quarterback. And in doing that, they've kind of they've kind of evolved from a different style than they were a couple of years ago. What are your thoughts when you see them on film? Man, first off, Iglesias kid's a stud. I mean, that guy is a he's a football playing dude and a great athlete. And and thing is they've got four or five others that, mm-hmm. that aren't uh, they're not much different than him <laughs> so they're very loaded but from an offensive standpoint they do something that that that's the thing last week we go from seeing the slot t with coach west at bells who we won't ever see again this year and now we roll into paradise 
they were they line up in one formation, one formation which is kind of a double slot empty look. They kick motion every time. Mm-hmm. They put you in a bind, and off of every single thing they do, they got a compliment to it. You know, because you sit down and you start breaking down film, you're like, dude, they run one formation. How hard is this? And then all of a sudden they run power read, and off of that they run their play action off of it, or they run counter back. And it, it is, it's a, it's an offense that you we won't see again this year. Um, really puts you in a bind. Puts you. They get they get your kids. They get their kids in open spaces as much as they can, and, and let them be athletes. And that's what they have are, are a really good group of athletes this year. Well, you bring up a good point. I, we're in an era now where more and more when I talk to coaches, y'all have to make so many changes defensively week in and week out because you're seeing so many different offenses, whether it be the spread, the slot T, or or like Paradise, where they line up one way, but they do 25 different things out of it. Defensively, I I think this – we always talk about being a scoring era, but defensively I do truly feel this is the toughest era for defenses in high school football. I do too, and and honestly, and I'm not not saying this negative, I'm not – I've got a guy, a, a, Coach Anderley's on my staff, and he was my quarterback back in 2010-11. He worked at Denton Braswell, and and uh, I've seen this a lot. But you get to the five A's and six A's, and it seems like you've got spread teams, and that's about it. Yeah. And and you got teams that run a three four or thirty three stack on defense, but you drop down to four A three A and two A, and every week you're seeing something different almost, which is kind of crazy to me. But I understand the big schools putting their kids in space. They got great athletes, all that good stuff. But I'm telling you, at our level, I feel like we see different things each week where at the bigger school level, I'm not for sure they see as much different offenses as we do down here. You know, and it does, it, it's challenging, but it's also fun because you, you have to figure out a way to try to stop them. But no, I think from a defensive, it's tough on defensive coaches. And it's tough on Coach Johnson for me, our DC. Uh, like I said, we go from the slot tee where there's 11 guys in the box, foot to foot, and they're running all kinds of crisscross in the back end, and they're just, I mean, they're crossing your eyes on defense. (laughs) And then you come to Paradise, and they're wide open, empty, every formation, you know, and using their kids in space. So, yeah, it's uh, defensively for defensive coordinators nowadays, it's tough to stop everything everybody's doing. But at the small school, I'm telling you, um, of course, I've never coached at the 5A, 6A level. But you don't see many teams at the 5A, 6A level running wing T or slot T. You know, it seems like everybody's spread up there. Where for us, we're going to see in district, we're going to see midline veer, double slot, so the flex bone from Santo. And then we're going to see Collinsville, who's going to be double strips and empties, putting their athletes in space. So it's uh, it can be fun, but it can also be a headache. You know, Coach Johnson spent all weekend trying to figure out how to stop this, that, and the other, and then all of a sudden there's something else they throw out there. So, yeah, it's uh, it's fun, but at the same time, it can be a headache for those guys. Here at L4 Media, we talk high school football, 4A, 3A, and 2A in Texas. We talk East Texas sports. We talk NFL, guy talk, movie, and booze. We also talk wrestling and so much more. And you can see it all on our YouTube channel at L4 Media Company. Like and subscribe. As always, we want to thank the head coach of the Hornets, Coach Brady Carney, for joining us. Now, this year... Uh, it's going to be a little bit later in the week. Last year, I think we did it on Tuesdays, uh, but just the way his schedule uh, has changed a little bit, and it doesn't really fit with the other shows that I'm doing on Tuesday. Uh, so he will be Thursday. But, hey, that's a great chance for you to listen as you're on the way to football games. I've got a lot of feedback from all the shows that we do, 
and, and a lot of the coaches' shows are listened like that on the way to games. And you can hear it, s2ssports.com. Uh, you can also just find it in a podcast platform. Just type in S2S Sports Network, uh, and it's the uh, it's the black logo that says S2S. Uh, you can also find Grant and uh, mine show, uh, Sideline to Sideline, S2SGrantAndTerry.com. They're also on every podcast platform as well. This is going to be an interesting game, man. Austin Iglesias is one of the most exciting players. Uh, I'll say it 4A and below, but really all of all of the classifications in the state. And, and to see the development where he started out as a running back slash athlete, and then last year he moved into that quarterback role, and you know he ran for his normal 14 or 1,500 yards. He threw for 14 or 1,500 yards. I think he had like 65 total touchdowns or something crazy like that. Uh, this is a really good Paradise team, and, and you know, like Coach Carney said, this schedule doesn't do favors for this young team, but they're going to learn from it. And, and and again, I think once you play a Bells and you play a Paradise, when you get down back into the two A's, the game looks a little different. And you adjust a little bit better because you've seen faster, stronger, bigger, and all that fun stuff. And, and so as long as the attitude is positive and, and, and the, the players aren't getting beat down by the losses. And I don't think the coaching staff for Munster will allow that to happen. I, I think you're going to see a team that is going to grow through the season. And by the end of the year, be a team that, that might make some noise uh, in the playoffs. And it's going to be a fun journey. And by the way, if you have any questions, thoughts, or comments, email them to me, Terry at S2Sport.com. And I will read them if they fit the show. Um, so please do that, Terry, at S2Sport.com. All right. Week two is already in the books, man. I mean, this is how fast it goes. The next show, we're already week three. And we'll talk about that next week right here on the Munster Hornet Football Show. Brought to you by the Munster Booster Clubs, Romer's Restaurant, and the Munster Chamber of Commerce on S2S Sports, part of L4 Media.